Hola, buenas tardes, True North, ¿cómo están? Oh, sorry. Wrong ministry. Wrong ministry. Humans are not inherently good at submitting. See, the moment we are required to submit, good or bad, we fight it. I mean, just think about the early Americans. They fought and they fought. They fought during the Revolutionary War. We despised the idea of submitting to the English that we went and we dumped our entire, all the tea out into the Boston Harbor. And we refused to submit. No taxation without... Look at that. I mean, there's more to that particular sliver of history, but you get my point. As humans, our idea of being subject to or someone is, is, is hard. It's difficult. See, this is certainly the case when it seems like leadership is hard to follow. And it doesn't stop there. Half of us like what's being implemented, and we think it's useful, while the other half think it's, it isn't, it's useless. Why are, we, why are we doing this? Why are we going down this route? See, it's also, it doesn't help that culture and society seems to revolt against that very notion, that idea of submission, that idea of being subject to. See, the last two years, we saw people some of them your age, raging against everything. Everything. We saw people push against all cultural and societal norms. They're oppressive. That's not our truth. Let us be who we want to be. See, submitting is hard. And this world's ignorance makes it seem impossible. Culture, society, and the government seem to be corrupt and seem to only get more corrupt. But you know what? We're still called to submit ourselves to it. To a certain degree, and more on that later. See, submission doesn't mean living or acting in fear. Submission doesn't mean we're doe-eyed, innocent simpletons. See, as Christians, we should be humble and submissive people. This is where we, you know, this, what this means, right? To the, the most minimal thing is keeping the speed limit while you're driving to church or to school or to work. If you're still a child, obey your parents. Church members, submit to your leaders. If your employees get to work on time, leave on time, and don't slack on what your employers expect of you. See, we are people who submit, and as Christians, we must have a servant-minded submission. Servant-minded submission. And this is what Peter's talking about in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. See, to be living as citizens who are subject to authority over them. And for Peter and his readers, the culture and the government they were under was the worst-case scenario. You know what, go ahead and turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. On your phones, your bibliotecas, I think that's how you say it. At the time of this letter, the ruling emperor was Nero. 
under whose persecution Peter would later be put to death. I mean, this guy was, was bad news for Christians. See, God expects us to be subject to even human authorities who aren't believers or who are morally, who, or morally upright. Let's go ahead and see what, uh, let's read what Peter says here in 1 Peter chapter 2. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor supreme or to the governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. No matter how tumultuous times get, guys, we are called to be subject to every human institution for the sake of the Lord. And this seems harder said than done these days. But obeying human authorities should happen because we have a reverence for and submission to the Lord. And that should cause us to be motivated, motivated to act. So the first point for this evening is be rightly motivated. Be rightly motivated. See, being motivated to do anything requires a full commitment to that anything or to that someone, maybe. Full-on commitment. Right? I need to be 100% fully committed to this thing to be motivated by it. See, Peter gives us that motivation from the get-go, where he says in verse 13, be subject to the Lord's, for the Lord's sake. For the Lord's sake. That's our motivation right there. That is, putting ourselves under the authority of human institutions out of reverential respect for our God. That's our motivation, God. See, now I know what you must be thinking, Elvis. That's easier said than done, man. That's easier said than done. Yeah, and to a certain point it is. I agree. But if we have a right and high view of God, then there's going to be a trickle-down effect. When we have a reverence for the Lord, we're going to easily submit to him. If we easily submit to him, then we're going to easily submit to human institutions that he established for our benefits, even if it doesn't seem like they're there for our benefit. We honor God who ordained human government by observing man-made laws carefully. But this is as long as those, conflict, those laws don't conflict with clear teaching of Scripture. See, the point is, God and his word is our motivation. And if that is infringed upon, then we have some beef. See, our submission to man is limited by the lordship of Christ. And when we stand our ground, choosing to submit to the Creator, people will talk, will get ridiculed, will be hated, will be persecuted. But that's why Peter wrote this. And he wrote it to Christian readers who are living the worst-case scenario. He did this to urge them on in the midst of their persecution. 
I mean, listen, listen to this pep talk he gives them just verses earlier. So same, same chapter, if you look up to verses 9 through 12, we're going to read that together. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. That is an incredibly significant thing Peter is saying there. See, this motivation. He calls them a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. I mean, has your math teacher ever called you that? You guys are excellent math students. You guys are a holy nation of this geometry class. See, when our focus is on God and his purpose for us, his qualities, they're evident in our lives. See, this drives who we are, what we do, how we interact with people. Guys, just as simple as waking up and eating breakfast in the morning. How we get to school. How we interact with customers if you have a job. See, Peter continues on by saying that we're sojourners and exiles. And this is a temporary home. A temporary home. We're just merely passing through. See, this is why Peter exhorts to be subject to every human institution. God's order and structure is something to be wholly trusted in. If something's temporary or feels temporary, you want something that is not. You want something that you can hold on to for dear life. See, if you're a Christian, we have a heavenly citizenship. Our time down here is temporary. But that doesn't mean we are, we are to simply ignore what's been established. My parents came in, they immigrated to the U.S. in 1985. There's a picture of them. Just, they just got married there, first dance. They fit the typical immigration story, right? They came here with nothing, had knew one person, and then knew a community of other immigrants that kind of helped them along. See, they wanted a better life. Not just for themselves, but for their future family. A better life for their future family. And when they got here, it was a whole slew of new things for them. I don't know if you've ever been to Guatemala. It is not like California, just in case you didn't know. There's a whole set of laws and regulations. You don't need a license to drive. People drive like crazy there. Lots of street dogs. I don't know what that has to do with laws, but there's lots of street dogs. Uh, leashes, right? You can't, you know, you go to the park here, you can't let your leash off the dog. Uh, 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 you can't let your dog off the leash unless you're at a dog park. Right there, they just roam free. Anyway, they left what they once knew came to the U.S., and this was an adventure. This was scary. This was risky. So immediately, they needed to assimilate to life. They needed to take what they thought they knew and apply it here to new rules. But here's the thing, guys. 
It was a new set of laws that they weren't used to and needed to get used to with a new hurdle, a language barrier. See, their intentions were to fully assimilate and learn to follow U.S. rules. And I just want you to think for a moment, can you imagine if my parents had come not wanting to abide to those rules, not wanting to adhere to those regulations, not wanting to, 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 to follow those mandates that were set in 1985, California. It wouldn't make sense. Their time here would have been temporary. They would have, sent, they would have been sent back. See, to continue living as they did in Guatemala, following the rules and regulations was not going to work out for them. See, my parents understood that they needed to follow these new set of rules, rules that had been established. There is also a value in, in the safety and this newfound order and structure. And see, you guys, that's one of the main reasons immigrants flee and come to a different country. It's a safe and consistent order. And my whole story behind that is to, is to compare that to God's divine structure and order for us now in the here and now. We find safety and consistency in that. That ought to motivate us. That should drive us. See, subjecting ourselves to every human institution means we exalt the Lord over the emperor as supreme, as Peter puts it. And you may be thinking, okay, well, what, 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 if, what if the government isn't upholding these moral standards you're talking about, Elvis? What if this government isn't, isn't doing what's good and true? Well, yeah, the job of our human institution is to praise good and, and not reward evil. That's true, yeah. But see, if they begin to, to punish good and reward what is bad, then submission to God will bring us into conflict with the authorities. See, we have the right to resist what's been appoint, uh, appointed in order to obey God's commands. But I say that not as a blanket permission to go start a rebellion or resistance. I say that so that if you do come up against those situations where you feel like you're being wronged, submission, submission isn't about being weak. Submission isn't about being passive. And I wanted to share uh, with you a few things that submission isn't. Submission isn't, the, it's not these things. Submission isn't agreeing on everything. Because ultimately, first and foremost, our sworn allegiance is to Christ. It doesn't mean putting our will or the will of human institutions above his will. Submission also doesn't mean that you leave, you leave your brain behind. God has given us, he's granted us the ability to think, to logic, to think through and process things that are happening around us. But also to be, to, to, to be able to compare our thinking to what Scripture says. Submission also doesn't mean that we need to be living or acting in fear. Submission is our calling to honor and affirm God's lordship and his order. So, when you run into a difficult school administrator over campus clubs... Adhere to what the policy is. And run your club in such a manner that your conduct speaks 
volumes. When you have a difficult employer, work like you're working for the Lord. Get there early. Leave when your shift's over. Don't slack off. Honor that employer because your conduct, your behavior will speak volumes of who you say you are. And lastly, if home life is a bit difficult, honor your parents. See, by honoring that family institution, you honor God. We can submit to human institutions because our submission to the Lord is what motivates that. It's what he calls us to do. We are sent back to be subject to these human institutions, and I'll get more into that. And that actually leads us to the the next verse here. And what Peter says in the next couple of verses, go ahead and look back to verses 15 and 16 of 1 Peter chapter 2. That says, For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. That is God's purpose for us. That by doing good, we will silence those who speak out against us. Do you see where Peter's going here? It's about our conduct, our behavior. If you're a genuine professing Christian, this is how you're going to act. This is how you're going to behave because you love the Lord and you're submitting your life to him. Being actively motivated to submit comes from being servant-minded. It's also understanding that everything, everything, everything is God's, and we are but his humble servants. So you guys, the point I'm trying to make here is that submission can be a positively powerful thing when we take our cue from God. Having a humble servant mind that's submitting towards God moves us to be active. And this is what a kingdom-minded evangelistic witness looks like in this world. That should cause us to strive to be active, to be working hard. See, with this in mind, let's, point number two, strive to be action-oriented. Strive to be action-oriented. See, this letter was written during Emperor Nero's reign. This man was ruthless. He despised Christians. And with Peter, and what Peter is extorting here is, is the worst-case scenario type government. So how do, you, how do you battle against an emperor, a governor, local state law legislator who hates you, who doesn't like you, who doesn't stand with what we stand for? You subject yourselves to them and do what's right and good in order to silence slander. Such submission will most certainly be used by God. See, while we aren't experiencing full force what these Christians were experiencing, we are experiencing some of this. We're experiencing a government that seems to, 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 to want to go against all, all, all that is good and wholesome, and we're confronted with a culture and society that wants nothing to do with what is true and correct. 
But our primary goal should be exalting the Lord. And when we submit to him, guys, when we surrender ourselves to him, we submit to all that is appointed over us. The submission isn't a weak one or one that is done in fear, but one that is action-oriented. It's going to move you to act. It's going to cause you to be proactive in how you live your Christian lives and how you interact with authority, with institutions that you guys deal with on a day-to-day basis. It should cause us to conduct ourselves rightly, do good, and pushing us to live a life for him. There's this funny story about a general. His name was General Stonewall Jackson. There he is. Lots of drip. Stonewall Jackson's famous valley campaign, right? There's this story about this, this famous campaign. And in the middle of this campaign, Jackson and his battalion found themselves on one side of this particular river when they needed to be on the other side. So naturally, a general asks his engineers, hey, let's whip something up. We gotta build a bridge. We gotta get these wagons, this artillery, all these men across this river. So they go off. At the same time, he then asks his wagon master, we need some urgency here. We need to build a bridge that's gonna get us from this side of the river to that side. Immediately, the wagon master starts collecting logs, rocks, fence trails, whatever he has his hands on, he's going to grab it, he's grabbing it, and he's building a bridge. When the wagon master started, uh, when when when, um, daylight hit, General Jackson was told by his wagon master, hey, we got everything across. We got the wagon train, we got the artillery, everything is across, we're good to go. His next question was, where are the engineers? And his wagon master responds, they're still in the tent planning out how to build the bridge. See, that example there of the wagon master is action-oriented. It isn't sitting idly. We serve a God who deserves our all, who deserves us to be consistently excellent in all that we do. And serving him can't be done by idly sitting by See, when we submit to human institutions, we do so for the Lord's sake. That submission isn't defined as a quiet and actionless submission, but rather it's a submission that requires us to be proactive. What moves you to be action-oriented? What forces you guys to say, I need to be proactive, I need to get up and do what I, I need to be doing? How do we strive, how should we strive to be action-oriented? Well, I think it starts with faith, a genuine faith. Action-oriented faith is active and does not remain silent. Our faith in God's order and structure, and structure should motivate us to be on our best behavior. That might sound a little childish, but it's to be on, in your best, your best conduct so that those around you see who you are and when they hear you say, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, I go to church, they know for a fact that you are based on how you conduct yourself. 
your behavior, your attitude. See, we, we want to live and work excellently for God in the midst of, of this, this culture, society, and government that we live in. Here's, here's a few things to, to kind of further that notion. Do you have a neighbor who is completely against what you and your family believe? Why not walk over and offer to mow their lawn? Offer to dog or cat sit if they go out of town? Bake some cookies for them and walk it over to them and say, hey, I've been praying for you. Live in a manner that will show this person who you truly submit to. Do you have a teacher who's completely against Christianity? Bring them a coffee from Starbucks with a breakfast burrito. Conduct yourself in such a manner in class that they have no reason to slander the faith. Be respectful, but don't compromise the truth. Maybe you have a family member who isn't a Christian. Scripture still tells us to honor our parents, still honor them, still respect them. Even in this human institution, see, when we honor our parents, we honor God himself. Go out of your way to love your parents. If you're capable, cook them a meal. Spend quality time with them. Love on them. Show them who you submit to. See, by living in this way, by living in this manner, we fulfill God's intended purpose for us. But not just that. See, we live as free people, and this isn't a freedom to do whatever it is that we want. See, but it's, it's to, to freely be servant-minded and adhering to God's order and structure for us. And I know I keep repeating myself on God's order and structure. But that's the best order and structure that we have in our lives. See, true freedom is consistent with obedience to God's will. True freedom is a true ability to choose and do what we really want to do and comes in entire submission, comes entirely in, in submitting to God as his obedient servants. Freedom must result in the great joy of what's, of what's right, of what's wholesome, what's good, what's correct to do. That's what Christianity is. Having the freedom to truly exalt the Lord through our obedience. We render Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's, which is everything. When we submit to the Lord and conduct ourselves in good and right way, guys, we honor in, we honor in the correct manner. That means that our submission gives the appropriate respect, the appropriate honor, and the appropriate love to all categories of people. Let's look back at the passage here, verse 17. And that says, Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Those who live as servants of God have differing obligations to all men, other Christians, God, and the emperor. See, submitting ourselves to human institutions for the sake of the Lord causes us to be motivated. Motivated to serve those human institutions? Absolutely not. But motivated to live for him. 
See, when we're rightly motivated, we're going to be action-oriented. Our faith will move us to behave, act, and be good representations of who God wants us to be in this world. And that's having a life which is evident of God's qualities. See, when we have these lined up, we'll show a proper respect and a proper honor and a proper love to everyone. So guys, when we're submissive, we should be respectively submissive. We should strive for that. We should be honoring of other people. My third point is be respectfully submissive. Be respectively submissive. See, verse 17, True North, is, is, is significant. This is the end product of what, of what being su- subject to means. As believers and those who submit to the Lord, our good deeds shouldn't be minimal. And what I mean by that is it shouldn't just stop at, I follow the speed limit. I don't do a Californian rolling stop. You guys know what that is? Yeah, I don't do that. But we all do, right? Yeah. You guys are bad. Jeez. But it goes beyond that. As believers and those who submit to the Lord, our good deeds shouldn't be, it shouldn't be just that. It doesn't just stop that, but it should be overflowing. See, our goal isn't just merely following the laws. It's going above and beyond our call of duty. And, and, and Peter says something crucial here. He says something important. He goes, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God. Fear God. It starts with the right fear of God. That is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. See, that order will allow us to honor everyone how we should. We shouldn't be submitting fearfully to man, but fearfully to God. As Christians, we have different obligations. And in this last verse, Peter does us a solid by giving us what those are. He gives us direction, right? He says, if you're doing, if you're being subject to human institutions for the Lord's sake, this is what happens. This is what you're going to do. You're going to be motivated to do these things. See, the act of being subject to is a powerful way to demonstrate the gospel we believe in. How people see you at school, how people see you at, the work, at, at your jobs, if you have a job. How family members see you who aren't Christians. How the circle of friends that you have at school see you who aren't Christians. All speak volumes. Yeah, look at this person here, how they act on a day-to-day basis. What's so different about them? Why, what, what don't I have that they have, that they're constantly on it daily joyful to be alive, grateful to be alive. See, our lives should reflect the Bible we read, the open communication we have with God, our love for people, and our understanding of submitting to our Creator. Being submissive isn't exact, it is exactly what kingdom-minded evangelistic witness looks like in today's crazy, crazy culture, society, and government. See, our subjection comes from being free people, but what does that look like? 
What does that look like? Peter said that in verse 16, live as free people. But then you're like, Elvis, you just told us that we can't do whatever we want. So what does that mean? What does it mean to be free, free, live as free people? See, all based on verse 17, this is what that looks like. It's a fearless fear of God. That is, we don't submit out of fear to man. And we see that Peter makes sure we know that in this verse by highlighting the fear, fear God, then you honor local authorities. You honor the human institutions that have been established for your, your benefit and well-being. Second thing is we honor people appropriately. You're going to honor your teacher differently than how you honor your mom or dad. Same thing can be said about your employer, small group, and pastor. The point is, is you need to be honoring them, respecting them, being subject to them. For their sake? No, for the Lord's sake. We should have, we should have an overflowing of good deeds we need to be looking for ways to do good and not just the minimal, like I said earlier, right? Watching your speed limit. This is giving way, way beyond our call of duty. Because in doing good, we stop those speaking out against our faith. And by doing that, we're silencing the ignorant. When we're living it, when we're living this out, we don't allow for those of, the, of this world to slander God and the faith. Again, as, we believe, as believers, we are to respect and honor the human institutions placed before us. This is a silly illustration, but I figured I'd share it with you anyway. How many of you remember your parents going out on dates uh, or leaving for something and they get a babysitter? Yeah? Okay. You got a babysitter. And they said something, something along the lines of, I need you to be a good listener. And whatever the babysitter says, that's, that you have to listen to them. You have to be obedient. Right? Something along those lines. I only say that because that's what I say to my kids. I say, please be a good listener. Be obedient. Be helpful. Okay? Then we get, we get, we get a report back. But anyway, when you, have, when you have a babysitter, when you have that babysitter you experience some sort of, you know, flexibility. You're like, they don't know what I am and I'm not allowed to do. So, you know, maybe uh, I will do this. Maybe I won't. Maybe, you know, maybe I'll kind of listen to what they're saying. The point is, is that when your parent, the moment your parents said, uh, you know, uh, Miss Jenny or Miss Sally, whatever her name was, is in charge. Listen to what they're saying. They are in charge until we get back. That is that moment where you are now under their authority. You are submitting to that authority. Right? And whether or not she knew the list of all the things that you could, couldn't do, you, you, you know, you would do you. You did you. You were young. You were little. So you're like, let's, let's see what we can get into. Right? But then the report got back to your parents and you were in trouble. Maybe you're not. Maybe you got away with stuff. I don't know. The point being is that human, human institutions aren't a direct line to God. But he has appointed them for our well-being. And the same way that you needed to respect and obey your babysitter while your parents are away are the same way that we need to respect what's been appointed for us. 
We should continue respecting and honoring the emperor, even though they aren't a believer. They're not morally upright. We continue respecting and submitting to our governors, even though we don't agree with them. Is that saying, listen to every single thing they're saying to us? No, right? Because as I said before, we've got some beef if they're causing us to compromise the truth we believe in. The culture, society, and government changes, and it seems to be changing more rapidly. True North, one thing's for certain, God, the creator of this universe. And there should be no question as to how much we should trust in him. His, he is sovereign Lord, and he alone determines existence and non-existence. And this, this should pump us up, guys. This should motivate us to be proactive in all aspects of our lives. We can be subject to human institutions for the sake of the Lord because we are free people. The freedom allows us to live a life for him within his structured universe. And that's consistent. That's unchanging. So if we love and honor him, we're going to start, we're going to, start to love and honor what has been put in place, but not because we agree with everything they're saying, but because we love the Lord. Submitting, submitting to him, guys, is the start. This shapes who we are, what we're motivated by, how we choose to act, and the honor and love we have for people. We're on earth to bear witness to the truth. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We are set apart and meant to proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness. I want to read 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 11 through 12 one more time. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Our goal, true north, is to be honorable so that when we speak, the world may, may see our good deeds and glorify, good, and glorify God because of it. Let's be a group who through this submission demonstrates our love for God. Let's pray. Thank <music> you.